Hey, everybody. I'm Leon Thomas here with my friend and co-host, Miranda Kitterland-Lynch. Hey, Miranda, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm happy to be back with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to... Hey, you know, we are in season number two. Crazy. How wild. About that? And you know how at the end of last season, we were say like, what episode is this? And we get the numbers off and everything. Today's an easy one. It's season just, two, episode one. I was right? just thinking that this is going to be so much easier for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell me some some really cool stuff that's been that's been happening. And then we're going to talk about cool stuff on the food front in a second. And then we'll then we'll really get into deep, deep in the show. What's been happening? Good. Everything's good. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll tell you something crazy. Uh, my children convinced me that they wanted to be in Cub Scouts. And I wasn't very familiar with what Cub Scouts is. So we went and apparently now I need a tent and a sleeping bag and I have to go camping. Yeah. What? <laughs> now, I have a similar experience. My older son, he wasn't interested in that, right? My younger son was. So we went to the Cub Scout meeting and yeah, same thing. You got to buy a tent, got to buy this. We bought it and it rained. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I took a lot of that stuff back. We still have the sleeping bag. That, that's about it. It hadn't been used in like 20 years or something, but it, it's still here. I, you know, it, like, can I bring a camper? Like, can I bring like a home? Camper. And, and we're both hospitality people. Can I can I play outside, but then at night go find the hotel? Can we do yes. that? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you what, but it's really good to, to get get going with our show again. And let's go ahead and you tell us about our about our guest. Our guest, I'm so excited that he made the time to join us. He is a very good friend, and I have a lot of respect for his work. Um, it is Dr. Andrew Morio. He is a hospitality professor as well as a hospitality consultant, and will provide information on his company for anybody interested. All right. Dr. Morio, good. Hello, and welcome. Hi, it's glad to be here. It's it's good to good to have you with us. Now, before Miranda asked the first question, did have you had her mac and cheese before? <laughs> I've not had her mac and cheese, but I've had uh, some friends' mac and cheese. That's pretty banging, also. Pretty banging. Okay. Now you want to make sure you get some mac and cheese. All right. I'm just yeah, saying it has yeah. nothing to do with the show. Well, it does. Kind of it's like a run yeah, scene. Yeah. Hey, hey, thanks for being with us. Miranda, go ahead. So, Andrew, thank you for being on the show. I wanted to have you on because our show is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, just a few months ago, you wrote such an amazing piece related to DEI. And I was hoping that you could share that with us because, as you can see on the screen, sometimes you can see on the screen, my pronouns are she, her, and there's still a lot of people who are unclear on um what these pronouns even mean? Why are we using them? Why are they in our uh, emails, et cetera? What can you share with me and our guest about pronouns? Yeah, so um, my pronouns are he, they. And, you know, it's one of those things that becomes 
very important for people who don't necessarily identify um, to the binary, right? Or identify as um, the gender that they were assigned at birth. There's, there's lots of evidence that shows and says that people um, that, that when colleagues and friends and family respect the, the choice of pronouns um, that a person may have, that it can help them to feel seen and validated and make them feel more comfortable in their own skin, make them feel more comfortable in their interactions with the world around them. I love that. And in your industry experience, because before joining the academy, you had a very rich career in the hospitality industry, um, especially in kitchens where I would assume, um, well, let me not assume, let me make it the educated choice not to assume anything. Um, tell me about your experience in industry. Have you seen um, respect for diversity, equity, and inclusion? So, it's an interesting question. I think it depends on where you are in the country and specifically what establishment that you're in. Um, so for example, for me, I've been out of the industry for a number of years. Once I went in to get my PhD um, in 2013, you know, I worked for the university where I was getting my PhD, but I was really out of industry um, directly. And I've been mostly in the academy since then. But before that, um, you know, growing up in the industry, you didn't hear a lot about it. it um, I come from the restaurant industry and specifically back of the house. And that can often be very much like an old school locker room. Um, you know, there's not a lot of respect um, for individuals. Sometimes it can be. Um, it can be not a lot of respect. I mean, I, I didn't even... So I'm 45. So growing up, we didn't even hear about pronouns. We didn't know about pronouns in the industry. Um, sure, we knew we should be respecting people's wishes. But again, a lot of times that didn't happen. So I'm encouraged to when I talk to people who are still in the industry that it seems like some of that's definitely changing, that the old guard of the militant executive chef and the military style kitchen it's not gone, but it's certainly fading and becoming more, I'm more inclusive, I suppose, softer in a way, understanding that we can still have a vibrant kitchen and a wonderful product and service without being um, driven by uh, generally a man at the head of the kitchen who is kind of a jerk, right? I mean, I don't know if <laughs> the Gordon Ramsay style chef if you want to you know most people know know who he is so you know luckily i think that style of chefing that style of managing a kitchen and running a restaurant it's not gone but it seems to be fading because in my experience that doesn't lend itself very well to inclusion um because if you're being trampled on all the time just for your work like nobody then seems to care about your person yeah yeah that was well put absolutely and Andrew, one of the things that, that I have heard and one of the things that I've witnessed is when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, many organizations and the leaders of those organizations aren't inclusive in who gets represented by their policy. Okay, so when they say diversity, equity, inclusion, they really only mean... And whatever that leader wants it to be is, is what happens. 
And right. then the leader will say, this is the way our organization is going to be. I'm talking the top like president, the CEO, but that has to come down to the mid managers as well. And even the department supervisors. What's been your experience in that? What's, what are some of the best practices that you can talk about and how to make that happen, that leadership vision become a part of what middle managers and support managers do? So, I, you know what? I mean, it's wonderful that we're talking about DEI, but some of this comes down to, I don't want to say a failure of leadership, but come it, just in general. Okay. So this is my own personal bent on leadership. Um, I'm very much come from a transformational and servant leadership style of thinking about things. And so I don't, I don't a hundred percent believe in bottom to top leadership or top to bottom. I think it has to be this kind of combination of both, right? So you have to have stakeholders at the very top who believe in in whatever whatever it is whatever agenda that you want to have pushed forward. Um, so and especially when it comes to DEI, but then you also have to have the stakeholders on the very bottom of the rung, right? So our hourly employees. Um, if you don't get them on board and listen to what it is they want, then you're likely not to meet somewhere in the middle, because I think that's really where we have to meet is, is we have to meet in the middle. So you need a vision from the top, you need a vision from leadership, but you also need to, those leaders need to then listen to what their employees, their followers want and need um, to feel seen, heard, accepted, um, because those people, once you feel seen, heard, and accepted, you're more, much more likely to, to go above and beyond. In our nerdy language, we call that organizational citizenship behavior, right? But to, to do more than just what's written on the paper of your job description, right? To, to be invested in the organization, to take it further. Um, because a lot of times, as HR professionals, you can't necessarily know everything you want that person to do up front. And we're relying on those people to maybe see where it is they can give more to the organization and in the hopes that they are then getting more from the organization also. So to me, best practices, yes, vision from the top, work from the bottom, meet in the middle and uh, middle management so that everyone's on board, right? So that everyone knows the direction that you're going in. And I think, Leon, more specifically to, you do have leaders who have a bent on, on is this more about race and ethnicity? Is this more about gender and sexuality? Um, and and or is this more about um, ability versus disability? You know, and so in my in my experience, that last group are the ones that get left out the most, right? Talking about people with mental disabilities or physical handicaps or or any of these things where there where it's not just they don't fit into the normative society and to the ableist society that we tend to live in. Um, and so I think it's important for all of us to remember we also have blind spots and to hopefully by talking to our employees and, and learning what it is they need, that maybe we can be more inclusive with our inclusive policies. <laughs> Remembering yeah. that the whole spectrum of folks that right. need support and equity. Yeah, I like it. I'm Leon Thomas here with Miranda Kitterlin Lynch and our guest today on Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat is Andrew Moreo. This show is produced by the Leon Thomas Group. We're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear two commercials that were done by the team 
of the Leon Thomas Group. And then we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Andrew Oreo. Here we go. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep. Off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try. And every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time. And making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear. Because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. New styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com. Slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Old pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. I'm Leon Thomas with the Leon Thomas Group. Podcast, virtual events, webinars, streaming shows, and so much more. We want to be your partner in all things virtual. Welcome back to Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, send me an email. My email address is leon at theleonthomasgroup.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you'd like to talk about. And if Miranda and I think you'd be a good guest, we'll bring you on the show. Let's bring Miranda and Andrew back on Andrew, thanks again for being with us. Miranda, all over to you. Andrew, I love what you said about how we still have blind spots. And I think that a lot of us want to do the right thing and we want to do the work, um, but sometimes we just fall short of knowing what to do. What advice would you give to hospitality industry leaders and decision makers on how to be more inclusive of, of everyone? I think some of the good, you know... I always fall back to these listening tours, right? So when you're a new manager, a new leader, and you should go on a listening tour and, and take five to 10 to 15 minutes, hopefully with a, a good chunk of your employees, or at least a subset of employees from each department, um, especially in larger organizations, it's not possible to talk to everybody. But the more you talk to people and the more you listen, the more likely you are to find some new and novel information and find those blind spots that you didn't see before. Um, I think another thing that you can do is, you know, following shows like this, um, listening to um, podcasts or watching shows that talk specifically about DEI, reading books about DEI, um, because all these things will help enlighten you to the blind spots. And then I think more importantly, once you, once you, 
have the attitude that you want to fix something or that you recognize that maybe you have a blind spot, it's really taking that personal responsibility to go out and find the information. Um, you know, for example, with me, I never heard of redlining um, in terms of um, people of color getting mortgages. Um, so when I when I started to learn more about um, some of these practices, I realized what a blind spot I had. You know, I I learned what I had learned in school, um, and that was that. But I hadn't taken it any further, just assuming that I had been taught what I needed to be taught, and that was not right. Right. So I think the first is to understand we all have blind spots. And if you're a good leader, a good leader should always be learning and stretching and trying to find that next thing. And if that next thing for you is exploring your blind spots and, and trying to eliminate them, then that's how you do it. You, you, you find books, you find people, you read, you talk to people and you talk to your employees. I think that's great. And I love the, that you mentioned listening tours. I think that's beneficial for anybody in any position, right? Yeah. Um, and I would give you a gentle pushback on finding books because I think you got to be careful. I know growing up, my history books were not representative of true history. So, <laughs> right. right. Well, again, then it's, it's like we tell our students um, when it comes to critical thinking, there's, <laughs> there's something called the crap test out there, C-R-A-A-P um, in terms of like digital literacy and trying to find out if websites are good and you can trust them. Well, the same thing goes for authors of books. You know, especially if you're going to delve into something of a controversial area, which this can be, then it's probably important to find out and read where the, the background of that person, where are they coming from? What is their bent on this before you invest in the book and read it and like, oh, this this may not be representative of of the actual issue at hand or it's too political. Awesome. I love that. Leon, do we have time for one more question or did you want to jump in? So Andrew, I want to ask one more question before we get to one of our signature questions of the show. We understand that you also, you're a hospitality consultant. Tell us some about, about your business. Yeah, so right now I've gotten into the whole expert witness field. So that's the majority of what I'm doing right now. Um, I both represent plaintiffs and defendants and um, really come from the food background. So a lot of it is is um, providing expert opinion and testimony around food related issues. So if someone got sick or if they had an injury or anything, anything like that, um, that's where I come in. They need an expert to, to read over the case, look at all the documentation, read the depositions and provide an opinion on um, who's right <laughs> if there's a case. Expert witness business. Okay, we're, we're going to contact you because we want to get you on one of the other shows that the Leon Thomas Group produces to talk about to talk about that. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Miranda, it's time for that signature question. Awesome. Can I get a drum roll, please? Andrew, have you ever had a Maryland crab cake? I absolutely have. Where did you have a Maryland crab cake? Um, I lived in Delaware, so I went to the University of Delaware. 
Um, and so we're right across the street from Maryland. And I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was in Maryland that I had a Maryland crab cake. So you did cross the state line. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did cross the okay. state line because, yes, we call the Maryland crab cakes elsewhere. Yeah. But it's not, it, you know, it's not yeah. really bad unless you're there. <laughs> we, we, we had a guest once who's like from Kansas, right? The beef capital of the world. You ever had a Maryland crab cake? Yeah, had one of the... The steak joint down the street yesterday. Shut up. Get off my show. <laughs> get, get out of here. Yeah. It's just like so. it's hard to have a really good lobster roll outside of you know Maine. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> That's right. Now you're talking. Now yeah. you're talking. Good deal. Miranda. I have one. Yep. One, one final question. Um, and it's one that we asked to all of our guests. If you could go back in time and tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be? That's a hard one. Um, I think it would be just, uh, I was going to be tongue-in-cheek and joke around. <laughs> But one of we don't have five kids because <laughs> it's a whole lot. Um, but I think, I think in all seriousness, it would be it's the same thing I tell my students when they graduate um, or when they're about to graduate is chase the education, not the money, chase the culture. Right. So when you're looking for where you want to work and what you want to do next, if you it's it's OK if you don't know. Right. I have a lot of seniors graduating that her 21 22 they're still figuring it out and i think telling them that that's okay right you have hopefully 60 to 70 years ahead of you to work and figure this stuff out and do it so be where you're at enjoy where you're at and if a don't if you can try not to take a job just because you want a job or need a job try to if you can to find a place that actually fits your culture and, and where you would fit in um, because you're going to be much happier, you're going to produce more, you're probably going to rise to the ranks a lot faster than if you're at an, an organization where you just don't quite fit. I love that. Andrew, thanks for being with us today on checking in a lodging DEI chat. Thanks for, thanks for sharing valuable insights and information with us. We appreciate you being our guest. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we also want to make sure we get your contact information up there. So your email address, uh, our team's going to display that. So if you want to get in touch, touch with Andrew, there's the email address. That's amphospitalitysolutions at gmail.com. And the phone number is 954-928-5611. Thanks again, Andrew. Thanks for being with us today. You're very welcome. Thank you. And folks, you can watch Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat every week right here, wherever you're watching now. We're here every week. So if you're watching on YouTube, come on back and watch again. If you're on LinkedIn, come on back and watch again. And if you're listening to the podcast, be sure to go ahead and subscribe so you get notifications of every time a new episode drops. I'm Leon Thomas. Thanks for watching another episode of Checking In, a Lodging DEI Check.